Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. So, Coach, I'm really, really excited to have you on the podcast today. This has been a really exciting season for your team. And, and I think one thing this season has shown is it's really culminating with, with the growth of the program since you've taken over. Take us through, since when you first started as UConn head coach uh, of the men's hockey team to today, and tell me a bit about the growth of the program since you've started. Yeah, well, I think the team, you know, was an established team in the Atlanta Hockey League. And I came in and just tried to uh, build on that reputation that they already had. And I think that first year we finished fourth in a league of 12, uh, you know, had home ice and uh, ran into a hot Robert Morris team uh, in the playoffs that year. Uh, they beat us. They went on to win the whole tournament that year. Um, so, uh, however, then we moved into hockey East and, you know, to start to build the program, you're allowed 18 scholarships. And we started that first year with five, mm-hmm. you know, and then we went to 10 and then we went to 14 and then eventually we can't get to 18 scholarships. And, you know, that first class that we recruited, uh, you know, Derek Pratt, and Spencer Nas, and Johnny Austin, a whole slew of players, some really good players, uh, they got better every year that uh, we were in the league. I think th- their points in the league kept going up every year where we finished, you know, fifth their senior year in Hockey East, uh, earned a first-round bye into the quarterfinals. And then, again, like Brandon played Boston University really, really well. We lost in overtime, and we lost 2-1 to one in that series. And they went on to win the tournament. Uh, so – it was uh, somewhat rewarding to watch those guys, their progression through the league and how much better we got as a program, mm-hmm. you know, and then now our current junior class, which was a really big class with Yakum and Tomas and Kale and Johnny Evans and Carter Turnbull and Roman Canal, big, big class. We, uh, you know, struggled that first year that we had so many freshmen got better down the, down the stretch went. uh, I think we won five of our last eight games down the stretch, beat UMass and we went to the national championship game that year. And then uh, last year improved upon that. And I thought we were one of the hottest teams going into the playoffs before the pandemic hit. And here we are this year, uh, still, you know, vying for home ice in the league. And I think the progression of the program is continually, you know, improved from year to year. Uh, so we're happy with where the program is. I think with the addition of a new facility, it's yeah. really going to help us in the recruiting, especially recruiting in-state and tri-state kids. I think recruiting is a great spot to, to go on from there because I want to talk about some of the challenges associated with running a hockey program during these times. What has recruiting been like for you? Because I know it's not the usual, uh, you know, show that you could usually do it it's changed up quite a bit how's it been from your end recruiting uh during this time it's been you know it's been difficult and it's been uh challenging because you know come this march in a few weeks we're going to go on a year without having to being able to evaluate players live Mm. and that's really difficult for hockey i believe you know football they do a lot of work on tape I, I, it's really hard to do that in hockey. Mm-hmm. It's hard to see a kid's body language. It's hard to actually judge speed. 
you know, the, the level of play. So there's a lot of things that go into recruiting a hockey player that I believe that you miss by not being able to be there live and watch a game. It's hard sometimes, you know, some of our best players that we've recruited here, we've gone to watch another player play and this kid you see in the game. Yeah. Um, that happens quite a bit. And, uh, you know, that, that's been challenging. So I'm hoping that, you know, it's not really going to affect next year's class because that mm -hmm. was pretty much done before the pandemic hit. It's a class two years from now, but we haven't really, we don't have a great feel for those kids right now. And I think that's where you're going to see the biggest, uh, th that's where the biggest change is going to be in the whole recruiting landscape. Definitely going to be interesting to see how, how that plays out. Another challenge this year has just been the schedule and, you know, games coming and going, getting yeah. scheduled late. What, what has that been like for you and the team and kind of having such an up in the air schedule throughout the season? Well, it's certainly different. You know, I've said to the kids, though, that, you know, they're, they're somewhat, I don't want to say spoiled. I don't know if that's the right word, but every year you get your schedule and you know where you're going to be every week and yep. you can plan. And this year has been different, but I think it's a lot more like life. Uh, when, when you get in a real life uh, and I try to tell the kids, you know, you get married and you have a family and you have children their schedules change all the time. You know, mm -hmm. something that you plan to do on Friday night can't happen now because one of your kids gets sick or yeah. something happens and that's life. Uh, and I think this year's been more reminiscent of how life really is. It's, hey, it's week to week. Sometimes it's day to day. And we've grown accustomed and I think they've handled it really well that we'll find out who we're playing on Monday and we'll adjust and prepare to play our games Friday and Saturday and do our COVID testing and come in the following Monday and we'll play whoever they tell us to play. So in some ways, I think it's been a real good lesson in life. Yeah. We could talk about some of the accolades that the team has gone through this year. What was it like being able to, to take down a number ranked team? Cause I know that's something that's a really big accomplishment for you and your team this season. Yeah, we did that early on too. Yeah. We were able to beat some ranked teams. I think, I'm more concerned with being the ranked team yeah. than I am taking down ranked teams. <laughs> and I think that's where our focus is now. Mm -hmm. It's no longer a novelty for us at, oh, wow, we beat a ranked team. And we, we want to be in that conversation with the ranked team. So it's not something that we really focus on here day in and day out. But you guys were ranked uh, this year. What was it like being ranked? And then how, how do you motivate the team to continue to, to keep fighting? Like you said, that the goal is to be in that conversation and, and continue to stay in those rankings. Yeah, it, it was great. It was a great uh, for the program, you know, to be the first time that this program has been nationally ranked. And that was a terrific milestone. But at the end of the day, it doesn't help you win hockey games. Right. I think we have to stay focused and stay grounded and, and do what we do best and be the very best version of ourselves as opposed to worrying about where we're ranked. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, right now, uh, we have Boston University coming up on Friday night and all our attention is on uh, preparing ourselves to play the very best we can against the Terriers on Friday night. Heading down the, the stretch of this season and looking uh, forward into the Hockey East tournament, what would you like to see your team do to be able to make a run down, down the stretch and in the tournament? I think I want to really focus on being consistent. We need to have a consistent effort 
every single night at both ends of the sheet. We have to be consistently strong in our defensive zone and limit the opponent's scoring chances. We have to be consistently uh, tenacious in the offensive zone and win puck battles and get pucks to the blue paint, pucks and bodies to the blue paint. If we're continually doing that uh, on, a, on a nightly basis, I think we could uh, really make some noise in the playoffs. I know when when it comes to home court and home ice uh, advantage, uh, you know, you hear that a lot in, in basketball, but I know college hockey brings out some of the best crowds uh, of the college sports. What's it been like playing without fans this year? Because I, I know XL w- would be rocking this season if fans were allowed in. It's been, uh, it's been different. Yeah. You know, as a, as a coach, I don't notice it a whole lot. I haven't. You get so immersed in the game sometimes that you don't even realize that there's there aren't any fans in the building. Mm-hmm. However, I think for the players and momentum in a game, that's certainly a factor. Uh, when we're playing down at the XL and we score and, uh, you know, the fans get into the game, it certainly gives you an, another, you know, mm-hmm. boost of energy that propels you into that next shift. And I think it makes it difficult for the opponent. And vice versa. When you go on the road, sometimes it's much more difficult to play uh, in someone else's barn. But this year, it's been a little different. That hasn't been as much of a factor. Uh, so we're just going to have to. I think the kids are pretty numb to it at this mm-hmm. point, and they just want to. They just want to keep moving and playing games. I love asking coaches this. So if it was a normal season, I know you've been in hockey East for a while. Where's the toughest place to play on the road in hockey East? Oh, that, that's a good question. Uh, I've always found that uh, I think Merrimack is a tough barn to play in. Um, I think Alphonse Arena is one of the most exciting barns to play in. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, very tight quarters, rabid fans. Uh, the student section's on top of you. It, it's a fun building to play in. So there's a lot of good arenas in our in our league. You know, we're fortunate, but. Certainly, uh, Alphon ranks right up there. Speaking of, of hockey, so I want to get your thoughts on, on the change in the format this year to the tournament. I know, you know, everything's been changed this year from scheduling, protocols, all that stuff. And now, you know, the, the tournament's seen some changes. What are your thoughts on, on the new format there? I certainly think it makes sense. I've been a proponent of a single elimination tournament for a while. I think if we could ever do a single elimination tournament like the Big East, or, you know, like the ACC basketball tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a proven model that's successful, proven successful model uh, in those tournaments. And I've always thought that if we could do something like that, it's going to generate some excitement and buzz. And when teams Definitely. only have to beat a team once to, to move on, especially in our sport where a goaltender can get hot and you can have upsets, I think it's going to generate excitement uh, for the fan base. So I'm excited about that. It's going to be interesting where we're playing on a Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, mm-hmm. how that's all going to play out. Uh, and hopefully everybody can survive COVID testing and nobody has to forfeit a game because of uh, COVID protocols. So I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that that can go off without a hitch. Have they get given any indication that say someone were to test positive, they'd consider pushing a game or is it kind of if, it happens kind of out of luck I think there. it's just a rub of the green. If it happens and someone's positive and they can't play, then the yeah. other team moves on. 
Interesting. I want to get you out of here on this one. I know you mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the growth of the program, and that's the new facility that, that's being built. How excited are you for, for that? And, and what does it bring to your program? Super excited. I think uh, I can't thank David Benedict enough. I mean, he has really pushed the envelope on this facility. Uh, and, you know, our administration's done a great job of making sure this becomes a reality. And I don't know if you've been on campus recently, but the new baseball and soccer facilities are fantastic. And it's going to just be another terrific addition to this part of campus. Mm -hmm. And it's certainly going to give our student athletes, both on the men's and women's side, you know, a first rate facility to train and develop as as hockey players and as people. It's Mm -hmm. really going to have a lot of interesting uh, resources in it for them to improve. And we can't be more excited about it. Absolutely. Can't wait till, till that's open and uh, we're able to check it out. Coach Kavanaugh, I really appreciate the time and best of luck the rest of the season. Hey, thanks, Jared. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.